Welcome to the Food and Beverage Insider Podcast, the source for the latest ingredients, formulation, supply chain, and regulatory issues affecting healthy food and beverage product innovation. Today's host is Sandy Almendares, Director of Content. And welcome to a Food and Beverage Insider podcast. I am Sandy, and on the phone, I have Kate Flynn, who is the CEO and founder of Sun and Swell Foods. Hi, Kate. Hi, how are you? Great. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today, we are going to talk about Sun and Swell's Clean Cookie Bites, which is a finalist for the Best Environmentally Responsible Packaging at the Nexty Awards. Sun and Swell offers clean whole food cookie bites in compostable pouches that fully decompose within 180 days. The product contains dates, cashews, oats, cacao, and cinnamon, and has no added sugar, added preservatives, or added flavor. 50% of its ingredients are sourced from California, and Sun and Swell products are gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, and vegan. In addition, the company is focused on ocean conservation. Through 1% for the Planet, Sun and Swell gives a portion of its revenue and time to Channel Islands Marine and Wildlife Institute an organization that rescues and rehabilitates ocean wildlife. As I mentioned, Kate, you are a finalist for the Nexty Award for the Best Environmentally Responsible Packaging. So let's start there. Why was using compostable pouches so important? And what challenges did you face finding that type of packaging? Yeah, so um, when when we started the company several years ago, uh, the problem we were really trying to solve was making... Uh, you know, whole real food snacks more accessible to people. That was the number one thing on our mind. And after we started, launched the company, um, started selling our snacks, started gaining traction, it just started to occur to me that although we're solving one problem, we're playing a role in another problem, which is single-use plastic. And um, I quickly started to think about how can we, how can we start to... <laughs> also play a role in addressing this other issue that's so prevalent in the packaged food industry. And I came across an organization or company called Tipa. They're based out of Israel and they um, offer compostable flexible film, which we can sell our snacks in. And as soon as I learned about this um, option, I was kind of all in. Um, my thought was, if there's, if there's an option to do compostable, we have to be doing it. And um, as a smaller company, I think we have a lot of flexibility in just making those decisions really quickly. I, I'm the only person who, uh, me, me and myself and my co-founder are the only two people who need to agree on whether or not we want to do that. And we, we decide, let's do it. So um, ever from when we discovered it to when we actually got it on the market, it took about nine months. Um, we ended up launching our compostable packaging uh, last year in 2019. And when we first brought it to the market, um, I, I I think I overambitiously expected that we would be able to transfer 100% of our snacks into compostable packaging like within six months. I thought we're going to get our first order in, we're going to make the transition, and we're going to go entirely compostable across all of our product lines, all of our snacks, all of our sales. And what I learned is compostable is just so much more complex than I I thought it was and that most people know it is. So the first question that we always get with compostable is 
how, how does that impact your cost? And um, honestly, like the cost of compostable is really like my lowest concern. It's actually not that significant. And on like a, a little, you know, a little small bag, it's pennies. It doesn't make that much of a difference. But the bigger complexities with compostable are the shelf life of the packaging itself. So um, that's what makes compostable packaging really cool is that it does have a shelf life, but that also is what makes it really challenging to work with. So um, the kind of stated shelf life of compostable packaging itself is nine months, which means in nine months, it's not going to start to disintegrate or like it's not going to like disappear or like crumble or anything like that. But it will start. Um, it'll just start. Some of the seals might start coming apart, etc. Um, we found that nine months is the shelf life of the compostable as long as it's stored in perfect con conditions and not, you know, transported around a lot and stuff like that. So our biggest challenge has been really the shelf life of the packaging and, and kind of what the packaging looks like when it actually gets handled, gets shipped around, gets stored in a warehouse, and then when it goes out onto the shelves. Um, so when we first launched, we started transitioning all of our customers to compostable packaging. And then, you know, like three months later, we'd walk into stores and see our packaging sitting on a shelf and it would look, it honestly wouldn't look good. It would be all wrinkled. It would look like it's like been through like war and back. Like it would look, um, not appetizing. And that ultimately leads to, although the food inside was fine, if the package doesn't look good on the shelf, people aren't going to buy it and it creates food waste. So that's the biggest challenge that we've, that we've discovered and been dealing with. And the way we've addressed that is we're, um, we're kind of selectively sending our compostable packaging through channels where we have a really direct control of um, how it's getting distributed. So for example, we, um, we like sell our compostable through UC, uh, University of California, Santa Barbara, and we work with a local distributor. They pick it up from our manufacturing facility. Within a week or two, it's delivered to UC Santa Barbara, and they're consuming that product within a couple months. And they know it's compostable, so if it gets a little wrinkly, it's not a big issue. So, um, so we're trying to address the challenges right now by just kind of keeping more control of how we're distributing the compostable packaging. Um, the packaging is improving every day. The technology is improving every day. It's so, so new to the market. Um, you know, plastic packaging has been around for for over 50 years. They've had time to perfect it. They know how every single type of product reacts to it. With compostable, compostable might react differently with our product than somebody else's. And so it's still a very big learning process. Um, so we are... Uh, I, I think last year we we were able to I, I, um, do about 15% of our sales in compostable, 10 to 15%. And our goal this year is to double that. And we were just, you know, it's a journey. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a journey. And um, we're just, you know, we're, we're kind of learning, working through it every day, but also so passionate about making sure that this is the way of the future and making sure we have a big role in it. That certainly sounds really challenging. And, and I love that you called it a journey. And um, I love that you are so focused on it and committed. Uh, other brands may have said, you know, it's, it's not worth it to do this. So that's right. uh, really commendable. Right. Let's talk about the formulation of these clean cookie bites, which are very tasty, in my opinion. Um, can you tell me about the R&D process and um, R&D yeah. and process the Sun and Swell went through to achieve a product with so few and whole food ingredients? Yeah, so... 
Um, our, our role, which might be totally opposite of most companies, is um, if we have to involve a food scientist, it's probably not the right product for Sun and Swell. Um, we, we want our recipes to be simple enough that if you wanted to make the product in your kitchen, you could do it. And that's really how all of our recipes were born. So for our cookies, um, I found a recipe for chocolate chip cookies on the internet, just a, a plain old recipe, um, nothing, nothing special about it. And I started to, I, I tried to replace all of the stuff that um, aren't, you know, basically like if, if it called for flour, I was like, okay, instead of using regular flour, we're going to use nut flour in its place. Or if it called for sugar, I said, okay, instead of using sugar, we're going to use dates in its place. So I started to swap out all of the ingredients that, um, aren't necessarily considered like it might be a whole food ingredient, but it might not be considered like a clean ingredient. Um, and just kind of recreated the recipe in a way to, to make it fit our, you know, our criteria of gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, et cetera. Um, I played around with it till it worked. And then my mom, who is, uh, she's, she has a culinary degree. Um, she is our, uh, helps us with recipe development and refinement. So she helps us like get the flavor spot on. So really like our, our, our (laughs) secret is that there is no like magic behind it. It's just like us working in our kitchen trying to create the best delicious recipes out of the most wholesome foods that we possibly can. And if it requires to us, to go outside of our kitchen and use a food scientist, then like that would be like, okay, not the right product for us. So it's, it's pretty simple. <laughs> it's so interesting. So you mentioned working to make it um, free of all of these allergens, obviously not nuts because there's nuts in it, but yep. were, was it a challenge to ensure that you, you know, were dairy-free, soy-free, gluten-free, vegan? Yeah, you know, I had... Uh, about, you know, about six months before we started developing our recipes, I had made a major shift in my diet and I started eating that way. So I started to eat um, a whole food plant-based diet and avoided any of the ingredients that can be known to cause inflammation in your body, which are um, a lot of the allergens. And uh, so about six months before we started doing the recipe development for Senenswell, I had gone through this major learning experience of, okay, I'm trying to stay away from refined sugar. What can I use in this place? Oh, and that's when I discovered dates and what an amazing, um, what amazing source of natural sugar dates could be. I don't think I'd ever eaten a date before I, I switched my diet to, uh, to eating this way. Um, the same thing I learned um, all, you know, all the alternatives to gluten because I was avoiding gluten. So I, I think it was, when ultimately came time to develop our recipes, it was pretty intuitive to me, but only because I had gone through this major learning process um, and learned all the substitutes, learned all the options that can make something super, super delicious without having a lot of the ingredients that are, we're used to having as staples to our diet. Um, and so when all, and, and that's, that's kind of that, that flows throughout all of our recipes. It's, it's the type of food I would eat. And I, I have to get creative when I, if I'm going to make lasagna for myself, I'm not going to make a regular lasagna. I'm going to make a, a butternut squash lasagna with cashew ricotta cheese instead of real cheese, you know? So I'm kind of constantly thinking of how to substitute out normal recipes with a new, you know, a whole food, um, whole food plant-based uh, recipes that, that eliminate a lot of that stuff. 
Well, then it, it makes sense that since that's a diet you were following, that during all those iterations um, that you were perfecting, that if you want to be able to try it, you had to make sure that it complied to your, your standards. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the sourcing. Why is it important that more than half of your ingredients are sourced from California? Yeah. So we... Um, so we get our, our products are largely date based and we are fortunate enough to have some of the largest state farm. I mean, I think the largest state farms in the country um, in Southern California where we're based. And when we first started, it was like, okay, this is an easy way to get it. It's, it's great that it's close. Um, and it's, you know, we, it, it's a way for us to get great local ingredients. Um, and it was kind of like a no brainer. And as we scaled, what we've realized is there's definitely cheaper options. Like if we wanted to get dates for a cheaper price, we could, um, especially if they were like imported, we get a lot of people trying to sell us imported dates for a lower cost. And we just take a step back and we're like, we have this like beautiful, amazing fruit grown close to us. Um, such high quality, you know, it, not, 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 not a huge carbon footprint transferring them all across the world. They're just coming, you know, hundred miles, um, for us to manufacture. Like it, it just, it just seems so important to us that we, if we're able to source something close to home, um, that we need to. And so we've kind of, we're really, and especially with our dates too, we were really lucky to have, um, this amazing date farm who I think is I think one of the biggest ones in the country. And they started working with us when we, when we were ordering like one little 20 pound case at a time. And now we're ordering pallets at a time and they've stuck with us through the whole, the whole journey. And, you know, it just shows us the value of working with somebody who's local and keeping that strong relationship. And it's, it's just something we feel really good about putting in our products. So lastly, let's talk about the philanthropy aspect. Tell me about your partnership with 1% for the planet and Channel Islands Marine and Wildlife Institution. Yes. And so, um, and I'll call them SIMWI for short. SIMWI. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure how to pronounce it. C-I-M-W-I or SIMWI. Okay. Totally. Yeah. So, so we, um, so we, we joined 1% for the planet. Um, Once we learned about it for us, it was like, it was almost like a no brainer. Like, it's just a way for us to, as, as we're, you know, we're a business, we're making a product. Um, how can we like give, give back to, to the environment in some way? And so we, we kind of, for a while, we're searching for the perfect partner for us. And we knew we wanted to partner with a nonprofit to give our 1% of revenue to that um, had something to do with the ocean. We're based in Santa Barbara. We're a team of surfers and beach lovers and finding some way to give you know, to help our oceans was our top priority for us when it came, when it came time to giving back. And um, we learned about Simwe. So Simwe rescues and rehabilitates sea lions off the coast of Santa Barbara. They have, I think last year, I don't know the exact number, but they saved about the save the lives of about 200 sea lions. And this is a small organization. It's, such an incredible nonprofit there. We, we all have this, like, you know, we're all animal lovers. So we all have this like a soft heart for the, what they're doing. Um, and they're making such a big impact on, on animal lives. And um, so we chose to work with them because a, we love what they're doing. We love their mission. 
but B, we felt like we could have an impact with them. Um, our dollar, we feel like goes a long way with them. And um, we're really, really grateful to have, they just feel like the perfect partner for us. Um, we actually just added um, on our most recent line of pack, uh, most recent run of packaging, um, we we finally just added a little sea lion to, to the bottom of it. So if you ever, um, if you flip it over, you see a little sea lion on the bottom, it's a little tribute to Simwe. Oh, <laughs> that's adorable. Well, thank you so much, Kate, for joining me for this conversation. I really appreciated it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's just, I'm, it sounds like Sun and Swell is doing so many good things in many different avenues. So I really appreciate it. And again, Sun and Swell Foods Clean Cookie Bites are finalists for the best environmentally responsible packaging at the Nexty Awards. 